all the time at Hawkins Field. They're, a lot of their games are shown on television. Yeah. You can listen to their games, these airwaves, a lot of things going on. With Tim Corbin, he now joins us. Corbs, how you doing? I'm good, doing good, D. How you doing? Doing fantastic. It feels like baseball weather outside, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just the way we want it, right? <laughs> You're, every year, it's time for you to kick off your season. Boy, it really feels like baseball weather. But you usually yeah. do it right. You go off somewhere nice and warm. Although I think you start off this year in what down in Dallas, and right now I think their weather's about the same as ours. Yeah, well, if you feel like you're going to go at about the same temperature, then you better go inside, and that, that's what we did. So we're, we're going inside to the Rangers ballpark, and then we go inside to Minnesota the third week to the Vikings stadium. So, yeah, we will play in situations where at least we know we're going to play. I haven't been in the new – that's a retractable roof, right? Right. The Correct. new one. I haven't been in the new one. The last time I was there, I think it was when the – Predators were playing the Stars, and we caught a couple. In fact, that was when I think Mike Miner pitched a complete game for the Rangers, I believe, that night we went. Uh, but they were just building right next door. So is this going to be your first trip to that to that new stadium? Yeah, well, I've never seen it before, and we've got a pretty good relationship with, with them, um, especially with, with Kumar now and, and Jack Leiter being part of that organization. So it'll be good. Uh, we play – Big 12 teams open up with TCU, then play uh, Oklahoma State and Josh Holiday the very next day, and, and then uh, play University of Texas on day three. So uh, it's going to be pretty firm competition. Looking uh, at the preseason rankings, looks like the SEC is going to be really down this year, huh? Yeah, like it always is, right? <laughs> is, there, uh, is there a non-SEC <laughs> team in the top ten? Jeez. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, I think, you know, you talk about it every year in terms of the strength of the conference, but this, it might be as good as it's ever been. I say that just because of the influx of kids with college free agency that are coming over to this conference and, and playing. There's a lot of them, and you get some good players at other schools that, whether it's mid-majors or just other conferences in general, that have worked their way over to the SEC. So from a talent standpoint, we're uh, we're not void of that. We've got plenty of talent, so it's going to be who plays the best. You know which team plays the best, and you can buy talent, and you sometimes can buy uh, skill, but you can't buy teams. You got to make teams, and that that's why we try to do what we do. You ain't scared of pressure, so can I put some pressure on you right out of the gates? That's I mean, fine. Just, I mean, we're sitting here on January thirty first. Why not? We are taking our uh, little 11U travel baseball team to play in the Slump Busters Tournament in Omaha, Nebraska, around the College World Series this year. That's how we're going to end our spring season. Mm. I would love for you guys to be out there. I think that would be really cool if you guys were playing in Omaha so we could catch you know, one or two of your games. Just saying. Well, that'd be, yeah, that'd be great for both parties, certainly your group and <laughs> our group as well. But... I remember that. I, that's that. That is true. I mean, every year at that time, you get those slump buster tournaments, which a lot of eleven, twelve-year-olds are in the uh, in in our hotels. So, oh, really? I, I do remember okay. that? Yeah, okay. sure. So, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of attention during that time on baseball. Well, the it's deemed the largest youth baseball tournament 
in the country. And yeah. the, the part that makes me, and believe it or not, in all the stuff over the years, I've been blessed to do what I do between Super Bowls and World Series and, I mean, all kinds of national championship games. I've never been to the college world. No one on our team, nobody, not family or a kid, no one has experienced what we're about to experience in Omaha. So that's what has – I mean, yes, we're going out there to play a lot of baseball as well and hopefully win, but nobody's ever experienced this before. That's what I'm really excited for. Yeah, I, I think the, you'll start, you will love it as an adult, and, and certainly the, the players will, will like it too. It's just a – you know, it's just got a, a festival-type feel to it, and Omaha always does that that time of year. But that, that city is so gracious. It's real good people. It's middle part of the country, so it's very accessible to everyone. And just the feeling of baseball at the end of June, uh, particularly from a college standpoint and certainly from an amateur standpoint, is uh, is right there. So that, that that's great for everyone. So to tie this into this interview, you guys didn't, you know, you didn't end up there last year, and that's probably stuck with you and your kids to the off season. So I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to be using that as motivation. And I know you, you just spoke with the media, and you're, you're never one to shy away from that stuff. It sounds like you are, right? I mean, you guys are actively discussing it, are you not? Well, we did at the beginning of the year. We just talked about, you know, our thoughts and how that season went but at the same time everyone's new including the players that are coming back they're 12 months older and I think what you can always gain from uh, a situation like that is experiences and thoughts and ways to to kind of trigger your team to move in a in a more positive direction and however that happens I mean there's you know there's always reasons for it you're playing a better opponent or you just the timing of of when you played and how you played just wasn't right but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think, you know, when we've been able to be part of those environments and be part of them consistently, then I hate to use this word, but there is an expectation with the group. You know, they come in and think, okay, we're, we're always going to be part of that. Well, you're not always going to be part of it. College baseball is at a level now where it's as, it's as good as it's ever been all the way around, whether it's mid-major teams, uh, teams outside of our conference, what have you, everyone's good. So every year is just another opportunity to keep growing. You would think that we got some older kids back, which is very helpful for the group, especially on the pitching side. And I, I think that that's had a lot to do with the maturity and the organization of the group, and you hope that equates into consistent outcomes. We're speaking with Vanderbilt head coach Tim Corbin on the line with us. Enrique Bradfield, Jr. is – a fun player to watch. You're around him, though, all the time. You know more than us. When I watch him, I'm like, man, this guy is special. He's dynamic. I think he, what, he first or second in the country or something in stolen bases. I mean, he, he does a lot of really good things. But if you were talking about him specifically, like I said, because you're around him all the time, what does – I don't see it. But I know you do. You know your players inside and out. What does he need to get better at, Tim? I just think for a kid like him, he's you know he's a runner, and because he's a runner, he's going to hit the ground a lot. And I think as, as he gets older, it's learning how to use the ground, its strength, its um, the ability to take care of your body, which he does. I mean, he 
he takes care of nutrition. He takes care of strength. He's gotten a lot stronger in the time that he's been here. Uh, but every time he steps out on the field, he's got a great acumen for the game. We haven't, and maybe I haven't seen a center fielder that that takes away more balls in my time here. We've had some good ones, but he takes away balls in space in the outfield, and he takes away balls that are leaving the ballpark, which is so unique because when you see that once a year, it's special, and sometimes you don't even get to see it once a year. But he's created those opportunities for himself just because of his competitiveness. But I, I think from a health standpoint, if he continues to get stronger and health is at the at the, pri- at the top of the priority list, which it is for him, then he's going to be able to do a lot of special things because there's not a lot of players like him. There's not a lot of players that you saw players like him in the 70s and 80s, but today's player, they're not a lot of Enrique Bradfields that are true center fielders, that are true leadoff hitters, that put the ball in play, that have some strength in their bat because he does. He can He can hit the ball out and they can just touch the game in the manner that he can touch it. So he's a very unique individual, and I would say health is, is just the thing that he'll will always try to stay healthy and stay on the field are going to be the most important parts because he, he's just not as, as big as a lot of people, but at the same time, he's, he's plenty strong. Coach, uh, this is Justin McFarland, and it's an honor to speak with you. I've, I've obviously covered you for a very long time from afar, but uh, always admire what you've done for the city and for and for the university as well. I, I just wanted to ask you about the differences in players now, or kids essentially, um, between when you walked in the door over there at Vanderbilt over on West End for the first time 20 years ago and now. Are the kids truly the same, or are they a little different nowadays? Oh, I mean, I think that rather than just say they're different, I would just say that what's around them is different. How amateur baseball is set up is is a whole lot different. The team environment is less than what it was even 10 years ago. I think for a young man who wants to play college baseball or professional baseball, it sometimes becomes an individual-driven machine rather than attaching yourself to a group of people and trying to do something with a group effort. Uh, certainly social media has interceded in a way that you know kids are looking for more attention because they most likely think that that's, that's the way to do it. Um, so I, I think we as adults have a lot to do with that, though, because uh, these kids don't grow up and just start making decisions on their own. Adults create the environment for these kids to play in, and I don't think we've done the best job of creating team-like environments for these kids so you can really see and really understand what, what the game is about. That's why it makes a lot of sense for me when we're recruiting kids to look at kids that play other sports because they're thrust into team environments just naturally, whether it's football, basketball, what have you. Um, and, and I always have felt like that's, a, that's the strength of a player. It's a strong dynamic. I think that's missing, but you know, kids are kids are kids. I, th- I think you know, as a teacher, I think it's just about helping these guys grow, um, trying to get them centered on a day-to-day basis without chasing bright, shiny objects. You know, it's it's more about really doing small things really, really well. It's about how you get yourself ready for a day and your organization mentally, and if you can control a lot of those things, you give yourself 
great discipline, and discipline gives you great freedom inside the game of baseball. When you arrive disheveled or not in not organized and not in control of yourself, it's very difficult to jump on any field of competition and have any type of consistency. So I think, you know, the older I get, we certainly teach team. I mean, team is a huge concept here and always will be a, a huge concept. We, we also teach the management of social skills and it's how you handle yourself as a, as a male because there's not enough modeling, in my opinion, around for these kids to see that. So um, we just try to cre- create great foundational skills for these kids so that when they leave here, they're able to uh, survive and be very, you know, very productive in our society. Coach, I'm very interested about how you handle pitchers uh, right now in your game because pitching has mm-hmm. changed so much uh, since mm-hmm. the first time that you, you came on the campus over there on West End. Um, Darren and I, and certainly you, sir, you know, remember when complete game pitchers were just a part of the game. Now it seems like pitchers are so incredibly specialized. Do you factor that in? Do kids want to be middle relievers when they come see you? Um, you know, because I'm sorry, sir, and I'm chuckling a little bit because that would never come into my psyche if I wanted to be a pitcher that would come and i say, you know, coach, I want to be the best middle reliever in baseball. Do kids still think like that, or or do you have to – how do you deal with that? Well, I mean, when you bring in pitchers, you're going to bring them in in greater numbers than any other position on the field. So if you have 15, which we do, or 16, which we do, then everyone's going to share the baseball to some extent. Whether you start the game or finish the game, you know, I, I think any, every kid just wants a role, and – we try to keep it that simple. We don't look at everyone on our team as, okay, this is a Friday night starter, Saturday night starter, Sunday night starter. If that happens, it happens. But I, I think the main thing is, is trying to build these guys up into roles that they can handle. And if it's someone that is potentially a starter, then it's building his volume. Um, it's a once-a-week touch and in, in doing other things all, along the way during the course of the week. But it's just building up his volume, developing his pitches, obviously, because if you're a starter and you're going to go through the lineup a time or two times or potentially three times if you're really gifted, then you have to have the management command of three pitches. Um, that's more of a that's more of a long-distance runner. And you get into the middle, you get into the end, those are your sprinters. Those are the guys that might touch the ball more frequently during the course of the week. Uh, their volume might not be as much. They may eventually be starters for you, but they also may be developing other pitches that will move them towards a starter. So mm. there's some factors to it, but I think it, it's all based around the kid's abilities and uh, how he helps the team the most. And if you feel like you got a kid, we've had kids before that potentially could have been starters, but we felt like it benefited our team most to have that person in a position of end of game or middle of the game where we we thought he could help us and where he could flourish as an individual coach lastly for me i wanted to ask you about a unique experience that uh that you had several years ago and that was uh coaching for the usa team in 2006 uh that won Mm -hmm. the gold um at the uh, collegian national championship and i know a lot of coaches do not get the opportunity to to do that what do you remember about that experience in that very brief time uh, with that particular team? Well, I think first off is just being able to see Cuba. I always wanted to, mm. to see it and, and 
you just love the country and love the people. They're very passionate about baseball, obviously. I think the other thing is I've gotten to do it twice in 2000 and 2006, and then we took the team wow. over to Japan in 2009. I just think playing other countries and see the style of play. The Japanese are remarkable from a defensive standpoint. They just don't drop the ball. Their footwork, how they throw the ball, uh, they're, they're just so under control and so disciplined as, as players. But what I remember most about that team was just the talent. I, I think, you know, you look at talent and you look at we, – we had four different shortstops on that team. Um, we had uh, Crawford from San Francisco Giants, uh, Darwin Barney, who was a gold glover, uh, Cozart, who played with the Reds, and, and Todd Frazier was a shortstop back then. He was from Rutgers, but he played first and third for a lot of organizations. And then, of course, we got to coach three of our Vanderbilt guys and David Price and Pedro Alvarez and Casey Weathers. So it was a, it was a special team. Got to coach with great people, Mark McTalt at Gonzaga, Jim Schlossnagel, who's now at uh, Texas A&M, and uh, Tom Slater, who was – back then uh, the coach at Auburn. So it was a good group of people, got great relationships from that. And um, like Julio Bourbon, who played at Tennessee years ago, was a center fielder on that team. And um, Maggie and I just had dinner with he and his wife, Amber, the other night. So Hmm. these relationships go a long way. You know, the experience happened a while ago now, but at the same time, you continue to develop your relationships and talk to these people, which is really, really cool. That's awesome. Tim, we're really excited for another baseball season. I know you're about two and a half weeks away from getting things cranked up down in Arlington, Texas. That'll be a whole lot of yeah. fun, and we're looking forward to talking to you throughout this baseball like season. So thanks for doing this. Well, I appreciate it, Yeah, thank you very much, D. Always good talking to you. Thank you. All right, Tim. Thank you, Thank sir. you. That is Tim Corbin. He is uh, simply the best.